Welcome to Ben Navarra's podcast with your host, Ben Navarra's. Howdy and welcome back to the podcast. Good morning and hi. We have another really cool individual today here. Uh, we just finished with her husband just a little while ago, probably the episode that you guys just tuned into. Um, so Mandy is on and her husband was Sammy. And so definitely recommend going to listen to his podcast as well. But Mandy, thank you for sharing some time here today. I'm excited to be here. I'm so glad you got to meet my amazing husband, and thank you so much. I'm super excited. You know, you did say he was an attractive man, and I think you're definitely right. He's a good-looking man. And he's brilliant, too. And he's very intelligent, obviously. You know, definitely a lot of nutrition information, a lot of really cool background in the in the health and fitness world. And then I think, you know, health and fitness, I think, is a, as a general term, but ultimately, like, exercise physiology and really understanding what's happening at, at a very fundamental level, which I think is is probably more valuable than just what I think we understand as personal trainers. So definitely, you know, a good conversation, a, a good dude, it seems. Yeah, he sure is. Well, I hope I can bring some value. Mine's a little bit different. Yeah, I'm excited. So Mandy, tell me a little bit. How did you get started in the world of health and fitness? It's funny because I maybe some of your audience might be too young for this, but I remember as a kid, the Richard Simmons like workouts that would come on TV and my myself and my younger brother, we used to do them all the time. I've always lived an active life. Um, I think we did like Body by Jake, all that stuff in like the 80s. I've just always grew up loving to be active, outdoors, fitness, that sort of thing. So when I went to college, it was a natural transition for me, even playing sports all through my life, dance, everything. It was a natural transition to just go into, you know, exercise and nutrition in college. But back in those days where I am from in Louisiana, there's not a lot of people that um, I should say in the 90s were not really taking care of their health and it wasn't a priority. And so I kind of got my degree and I'm like, what do I do? There's one gym in the city that I lived in. And I'm like, what do I do? Nobody wants it. So I took a different turn, but I've always had a passion for health and fitness and nutrition. And then I ended up moving to Las Vegas, totally not even related and uh, started to work for my ex-husband's company in sales. But when I went through a divorce and became a single mom, of course, the thing that I'm most passionate about was fitness and nutrition, because also during that time I competed. I, after I had both my kids, I dropped like almost 30 pounds, not in a healthy way. And I decided to do my very first bikini fitness competition. And it was really crazy because I wasn't doing it for anyone. It was doing it specifically for me to, to really just to lose the weight, but then to get in shape. And so I earned my WBFF pro card in 2012, the same year that I got divorced, became single mom. I also that same year placed third in the world. Um, but what happened for me was I developed a lot of digestive issues, hormonal imbalances, metabolic issues from the crazy diets at that time. Yes, I'm a certified personal trainer, but I didn't know the competition diets and the competition world and the stress that you put it through your body through until I did it. And I did it for about two years. And finally, it took a toll on my health. And I realized five days before my last pro show 
that I ended up in the emergency room. I fell over. Um, I had a four pack abs, not six pack abs, but I had four pack abs. I was like 9% body fat. My and, gosh. and I looked like I was six months pregnant because my stomach, I was in pain. Like I had severe abdominal pain. So I went to emergency room and the doctors were like, well, you need to go on a liquid diet. Well, anybody that's in the competition world knows that five days before competition, you're pulling your <laughs> fluids at that time, right? To go, get dehydrated and all of that. So it was really hard. I had to just surrender and say, you know what? I'm going to finish what I started and I'm going to step on the stage no matter what uh, what my body looks like. I just want to finish and show my kids, hey, you finish what you start. Even if I have to crawl to the finish line, I will do it. But I wasn't going to put my body through that anymore. And it was in that moment when I stood on stage and heard Sami and my kids screaming for me like, yay, go mommy. And that was when I stepped off stage and I try not to cry even when I say this, I realized what my why was. And it wasn't being on that stage. My why was my kids and my husband. And so I decided to go to holistic nutrition school literally the week after that I enrolled. And I'm like, doctors can't figure out what's wrong with me. I'm going to take my health in my own hands. And I went to holistic nutrition school. And so I put in over 2000 hours in holistic nutrition school, first healing my body. At that point, I wasn't even thinking about what I'm going to do with it. I needed to heal my body. And I became a gut health certified gut health specialist because I needed to heal mine. And I did. It took me a long time. It took me two years to heal my gut, my body, my metabolism. I mean, I dealt with depression and anxiety, you know, when I had those digestive issues. So for the last 10 years, I've really had that passion of nutrition and helping people. And I just had another uh, girl reach out to me the other day. She's in the emergency room post-competition. Her body's rejecting all these foods. She was in the hospital for two days. And so I love being able to help people like that understand what did you do to your body? What can we do to fix it? And how can we get everything back in balance? And so that's where mine is so much less on personal training. I mean, I've been retired for six years as a trainer. I love helping people with their gut. I love helping people, uh, you know, heal their body because most people don't understand. Yeah, you've heard the term thrown around, thrown around that the gut is the second brain, but literally it's really like the first brain because 90% of your serotonin is produced there. 70% of your dopamine, which is your motivation, 70% of your immune system. Uh, if you have anxiety, 50% of your GABA is produced in your gut. 70% of your hormone function is all regulated from your gut. So when we can help someone heal their gut, it literally changes every single aspect of their life, including mood, including their patience level, including their cravings, including how calm they feel to deal with all life's chaos. Everything happens through the gut. And so that's been my passion for the last 10 years is really, really helping people heal their body, including former competitors too. How do you go about assessing the, 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 you know, I mean, it sounds like, you know, I think we all think, oh, dopamine brain, right? It's like, I, I like addicts are, are in the brain, but if I'm eating well, then you're telling me like, oh, I, like I can solve most of my reward system, my, all these, these habits, maybe I'm not drinking as much alcohol anymore. So what are some, like, what is your process of figuring out what's going on with somebody? Uh, like, are you taking assessments of their, like, I, I like to eat hot Cheetos and um, I don't know what's another uh, unhealthy, I don't know, some sort of packaged foods. And then you're like, okay, then how do you di like regress them into eating something a little bit more healthier or progress them into more healthier? Great question. Whenever we assess anybody, first of all, I want to know what's going on with them. People will say, oh, well, I'm depressed or I'm stressed and you know, I've got bloating, I've got IBS, I've got all of these things. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about what you're putting in your body. 
And the first thing that we will do is that sort of assessment. If people have severe gut issues, I send them right to go get a food sensitivity test. Matter of fact, I just did that yesterday with this, with this former competitor. I'm like, go doctors don't know. I mean, literally they're like, well, you're not allergic to anything. And um, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, food sensitivity tests weren't really big. So I had to do it by process of elimination. Now we have food sensitivity tests that I'm like, look, go order it on Amazon. Um, this is the one I recommend. It's got like 204, 206 foods. Do that. And then now we're going to know what right now your body is not liking. And we're going to take those foods out. That's the first thing we do because a lot of people, even though we're eating healthy, right? Even when I was competing, I was eating healthy, but get this. Gluten is probably one of the biggest ones, but gluten and dairy, my body would not have. But the other thing that my body started to form a sensitivity to and an intolerance to was chicken and eggs. Now, you know, anyone in fitness, that's (laughs) two of the biggest staples in our diet, right? And then you're talking, you know, protein shakes, which is the dairy. So I literally couldn't have any of that. Um, It took me two years before I could actually have eggs again, two years. And, and. I had to figure that out on my own, but now there's such a shortcut. So I send people to go and get the food sensitivity test and it does change, right? Like do it again in a year or two because your body does change. I mean, I have helped people that their body, because they're eating green beans every day, their body was highly sensitive to green beans. Now green beans is not an inflammatory food, but when you're eating something constantly over and over and over again, which a lot of fitness people do your body will become sensitive or intolerant to those foods. So we have to cycle in and out your proteins and cycle in and out your vegetables and all of that. But I like looking to me, a the picture of that food sensitivity test allows me to go, okay, well, here's the, the things in the high category. Let's take those out. These are the things in the moderate category. Um, we're going to eat those like one by one. And we're going to see because in the moderate category, sometimes your body might have a reaction to it as if it was high. Other ones, no reaction at all, but we need to figure those out. And the ones in the low, no worries. You eat all of that because we want to make sure that we're choosing the things that are not causing inflammation in your gut because when it causes inflammation in the gut, not only does it affect your cortisol levels, um, which is your you know fat-producing hormone, but also your gut diversity is off and that gut microbiome is not balanced. When it's not in balance, that's where your natural serotonin levels will stop producing. That's when your dopamine levels will stop producing. That's when, um, you know, you feel more anxious and it's all because everything is controlled by our gut and this gut, gut brain connection and the gut brain axis. So I dive into, let's take those foods out. Your body is like, no, thank you. I don't want that anymore. Um, and then focus on the things that you can have. And, you know, we believe in balancing your plate, protein, fats, and carbs. And we believe in, um, protein, fats, and carbs. And when I say carbs, I'm meaning fruits and vegetable carbs, not a bread card, carb, um, not even complex carbs. The first 21 days, we do what's called a 21 day metabolic reset. We take foods that are inflammatory, the general ones, there's nine of them. Um, and we put those on a shelf for 21 days. And then we teach your body. Here's all the lean proteins you can choose from. Here's all the healthy fats you can choose from. Here's all the carbs, fruits, and vegetables that you can choose from. You just pick one from each of that category and that's what's on your plate, you know, five to six small meals a day. And we get people away from the macro counting. I used to do that. I used to have a food scale that I would travel to. I would take it with me in my bag and my purse to restaurants. And I would literally <laughs> in my and that's how like demented and horrible my relationship was with food. I literally would break it out in the restaurant after wow. they would bring me my food. 
And to me, I realized, okay, I've got a problem here. And then I was terrified of fruits. Like I was like, yeah, I can't eat fruit. Like, so in my competition days, it, I had a very unhealthy relationship with food. And now we teach people like how to live with that food freedom. When you know the foods that your body loves and is, is good for you, let's focus on those. And we do after the 21 days, we start bringing back in those inflammatory foods. Most people, because at 21 days, they have a new baseline, right? They have a new foundation where they're like, okay, the inflammation went down in their body. They went from fat storing to fat burning and they have less inflammation in their guts. Everything's back in balance. Now you take those foods and bring them back in one at a time. And most people are like, oh, I ate pizza and oh my gosh, I thought I was going to die. And the rest great. Well, what is your body telling you? Because now you can listen to it when you have a new baseline and hear what your body is actually trying to communicate with you. But most people don't want to listen to it or they live in this constant high, high inflammatory state. So they can't even tell the difference of what their body likes and doesn't like. They're just putting whatever they decide they crave in it. Where here's the other really cool thing. Uh, when your gut microbiome is off balance, right? Like you're putting a lot of those unhealthy foods in a lot of the good bacteria doesn't survive in that environment. And so now your gut diversity is more balanced to want and crave more of these unhealthy things because you've got the unhealthy bacteria supporting that instead of the good bacteria trying to win. So that's why when we can take those things out, rebalance everything. Now you'll notice like you crave less, you don't really want those things. Sure, I, we live an 80-20 rule all the time. But I also know when my body is like, ooh, that wasn't very good. Like within 24 hours, I know, but I'm very in touch with my body now. And so I teach people that after that 21 days, let's bring those things back in. Let's hear your body, like pay attention to it. How does it feel? Do you feel lethargic? Do you have some brain fog? Are you bloated? Is it making you go to the bathroom or not one way or the other? Like let's really hone in on that and teaching people once they listen to their body, they can go to a barbecue, a pool party, a restaurant and know that what, what their body likes and what their body doesn't like. And then when that diversity is fixed in the gut, they're going to crave less of the bad stuff. And that is the real truth. Real truth. That is huge. I think, you know, I, I mean, I, so I love this a lot. So I did a, uh, like, I think a similar kind of uh, elimination diet as you. I did the precision nutrition elimination diet uh, right about two and a half years ago or so. And at that time, and I, I mean, cheese was part of my life. I mean, everybody has queso and, you know, everything was added like on, on chalupas, you know, very Hispanic diet. And so it was not until that point where I started to reintroduce foods. I think it's like, I think it's 30 to 60 days or whatever it is of that time where you can only eat uh, the specific set of, of proteins, carbs, and, and fats. And I started reintroducing like, oh my, like, I'm not that terribly like lactose intolerant. And then like one piece of cheese would make me feel like oddly foggy. And like my gut felt terrible. The bloating was instant. Mm -hmm. Like the gagging. I was like, I'm going to throw up like aggressive. And I was like, oh man, I guess I really am that, you know, my body really doesn't like that at all. You know, mm -hmm. dairy is not okay. And so mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, coconut, coconut milk is our new option. And you know what? I feel fantastic. I feel like I have energy. My inflammation is not so terrible. Like, cool. And then I think it was once, um, once every three days you add in a new food and then you write the notes on that food, right? So uh, cashews make me sleepy. So in the middle of the day, if I'm going to be training 
training people, if I'm doing in-person training, probably not a good idea or before podcast, probably not a good idea that I eat some cashews, maybe at night as like a nighttime snack. And it does take time to go through, but what is that um, food uh, sensitivity that you recommend? It's actually called Everly Well. Everly Well, and it's on Amazon. There's different ones. I don't recommend like the hormone one or the um, allergy, like they test like I honestly, like the one that I use and recommend, it's got, there's one that has 96 foods, uh, food sensitivity, and there's one that has like, it's either 204, 206, something like that. I recommend that and I get nothing for it. I don't work with the company. It's just the one that I found to be the most accurate. Um, There's some hair ones, but listen, your hair goes out and things change in your body. So to me, like the blood is that current snapshot of what exactly your body likes and doesn't like. And it's an at-home little kit. They give you the little thing. It's got like 12 little drops of blood. You seal it up, you mail it off. And then in one week, you get an email with all of those lists of foods, high and moderate and low uh, sensitivities. And it's just such a great eye opener. You know, I have even friends are like, what do I do? I'm like, go do the food sensitivity test. That's going to tell you so much because, and found out husband and wife both, they were eating eggs every day. Their body doesn't like eggs. They took it out for a few months, let their body heal, took the right type of collagen to heal the gut. And then they were able to have it again. And it's just all about healing the gut and get the gut functioning the way that it's designed to. That is so neat. I'm going to turn my phone on. Do not disturb because it's, it's starting to annoy me. Um, sorry. And so how does, what is the right collagen and how long does it take to like heal that gut? Great question. So when I was in holistic nutrition school, one of our professors was like, look, go and make this homemade beef broth, right? So I went to the butcher, got the bones with the marrow, and there's a certain recipe with a little apple cider vinegar, and I'd slow cook it. And I had these mason jars. I have them lined up, sometimes the shape of a pyramid, and I'd take pictures. I was literally drinking it two to three times a day. I cannot drink bone broth to this day um, because I did it for a couple of years. But the right type is type three, okay? There's different types of collagen. There's collagen type one, which marine collagen falls under. That's great for hair, skin, and nails. It does nothing for your guts. Then there's chicken cartilage, which is type two. It's not as common. But then there's bovine type three. Obviously, grass-fed and hydrolyzed are the key words here because um, grass-fed, as we all know why, but hydrolyzed, meaning that it's broken down into the most simple form that our body can actually absorb and utilize right away. So bovine type three, but here's what's really cool. Our bodies have 27 types of collagen, okay? We need type one and type three to produce the other 25 types in our body. And we have to get these from an external source. Wow. It's really fascinating when I didn't know all this about collagen. And so I see all these people like, oh, I take, and I'm not going to bash any company, these collagen peptides. I'm like, what kind? what kind is that? Like a collagen peptide is just so generic and so general. But when you really know what you're putting in your body, it's the bovine type three, unless you want to drink bone broth like I did. And I can promise you it's, I I'm seriously, now I smell it and I'm like, Oh, I can't because I did that for so long, but that was all I had then 10 years ago to heal my gut. And that's the one that actually helps the gut lining, the bovine type three, it helps that gut lining heal. So you can absorb nutrients, people with leaky gut, IBS, guess what? There's those little microscopic tears in the gut lining. So you need that type three in order to heal the gut, but you can't at the same time be putting all these inflammatory foods in causing more inflammation. So they're kind of working against each other. That's where we take those out. 
and then do the 21 day metabolic reset, but healing that gut lining. So now your body can process and digest food at the same time, absorb the nutrients that our bodies actually need for us to not be deficient in vitamins and minerals and enzymes and antioxidants. That's the other thing that triggers a lot of health issues when people are so deficient and a lot of competitors are deficient in those important micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, enzymes, antioxidants. I didn't even know I was eating macros, right? Macros are like a brick. If you're, if you're building a brick house, the macros are the bricks, protein, fats, and carbs. That's your bricks. But the mortar that holds it all together, that is your micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, enzymes, and antioxidants. And that's not taught to personal trainers. That's not taught to fitness competitors. You need those important micronutrients, and we cannot get it all from our food today. Our food, unfortunately, as you know, is very overprocessed. Um, our soil is depleted. Um, it's overturned. So we might be eating something that looks pretty and it's all organic. But what happens is that it can be cross-contaminated, first of all. Second of all, it's either ripens on the way to the grocery store or it's sprayed with a chemical to produce the color so that it looks pretty when they put it on the on the in the produce aisle. And so we're still missing a lot of those important things. Like if you took a bag of spinach from like 1980, today you would have to eat 12 bags of spinach to equate the same amount of the micronutrients in that bag of spinach because of the way that our soil is. Apples, you need like eight apples to equate one from back then, from, you know, 40 years ago. This is where people aren't understanding why it's so important to supplement. What We have to because our food does not have everything our bodies need. And when we're deficient in a lot of those micronutrients, if you're building that brick house and you've got big holes in your mortar, right? And you've got m missing mortar over here because you're missing those important ingredients or micronutrients. Now what happens, that house is not going to stay solid, right? And then honestly, health issues, disease all starts from a lot of vitamin mineral deficiencies. So this is where we really teach about filling in those nutritional gaps of what we can't get from our food, healing the gut so the gut can do exactly what it's designed to do, healing the gut so we have better mental wellness. I mean, you even mentioned about brain fog. It does all come from our gut. It 100% comes from our gut. So, you know, it's just when we get down to this and healing this, to me, it's it's been amazing to to touch tens of thousands of lives over the last few years. I just love being able to educate people because they don't know. And when you go and Google things, you're getting oh here try this water cleanser, try this crazy diet, and, and we don't we're anti diet. We want to feed your body what it's not getting, not take more away. We want to let that inflammation go and just allow your body to to do what it's meant to do. So then what can I add to my diet that's going to like, I, you know, I think this is where I, I, part of the reason masking is very, very selfish, right? Hopefully other people can get something out of it too, right? But like I've added in some, um, I, what are they called? Um, the prebiotic probiotic pills to, to my life. Um, and is that a good additive? Is that something that generally that we can add or if what I'm eating in association with that, if I'm having bad bacteria in there, ultimately they're, you know, they're either going to lose or they're eating at the wrong things. So they don't, they don't survive at the end of the day. Um, how does having like more acidity in that diet, like impact the, 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 the environment that those bacteria are in, like if I'm having coffee every day or if, you know, I'm doing all these things, what, what are, what are those impacts? And then what can I add into my life outside of the, the, you know, the one in threes are good. Um, but if I can't get all my, my nutrition, which I a hundred percent agree, it's like, unfortunately 
I mean, the facts are the facts. Our, our, our soil just isn't providing, it's not living, nutritious soil. And so what are people, what can we add into our lives that is going to be more beneficial for us? Well, any type, honestly, I don't want to say any type. Whenever you decide to put probiotics and prebiotics into your body, I think that's a great step because some people aren't even doing that. And you're putting all of this stuff that feeds the bad bacteria, but not replacing it with things that can feed the good bacteria. And actually that we need the probiotics to help us break down our food anyway. So that's the other part of it. But sometimes, and there's some that are like, oh, here's 50 million probiotics. It's kind of like shooting a shotgun at one tiny target. You don't know if it's really going to work. Um, where, you know, one of the company that Sami and I have aligned ourselves with, we work on very specific ones. I mean, there's, believe it or not, there's specific strains that are, they're like these little, I know they're bacteria, right? But they're, they're these little, like, think about them as microchips that are designed to all do a very specific job in the body. So if we love the ones that do a specific job, take those, right? Versus just here's 50 million, you know, and hope that it works. We don't know because we don't, you're just throwing it kind of at the wind, but it's better than nothing. And in all honesty, it's better. It's a start. Um, I've always wondered that, you know, like I think this 1 billion, like 1 billion of what? (laughs) It it seems like there's a lot. The bacteria is good and bad. You give me a very general thing here, but it's sold in this, like this, like, oh, it's guaranteed to work. And it's like, I don't know what it's really working, but it's working something maybe. Maybe. Uh, I think it's kind of funny too, but I, again, prior to 10 years ago, I did the exact same thing. I'm like, well, let me just take this. Um, and, and hope that it would help. Did it help? Not always. Uh, I still developed those food sensitivities and intolerances and I still had severe digestive issues, um, even breaking down my food, even with taking that. So now I understand that there are ones that do a specific job. Like it's not like, um, I'm trying to think of, of the word. I mean, shotgun is kind of a good analogy, but when we are able to take these microchips, basically these little smart microchips that are each designed to do a very specific job. And we put the right ones in to do just that. That's what changes things. Like you might see me drinking this right here, which is, which is happy juice. And I'll use this as an example. In this drink, we have a a tribiotic blend and and you'll understand why I'm, I'm talking about this. Prebiotics, uh, probiotics and phytobiotics, but three specific strains that do a very specific job in order to help the gut produce more serotonin and dopamine. They're not for digestion, right? Like these specific strains are not for digestion or for leaky gut or for processing your bad food. Does that make sense? Like these in here um, are specifically designed to help the gut produce that serotonin, dopamine, and GABA. So literally it's called happy juice for a reason because it's helping the body feel happy, but there's only three strains of probiotics in there, very specific strains. So we've been able to figure out how do you take specific ones to do that very specific job. Now we have other ones that do other things. And to me, that's what it's about. How can we narrow it down knowing what and not just say, oh, okay, sure. Here's here, go, go buy a probiotic over the counter. I can't promise what that's going to do, but when I can help somebody and know, let's take these foods out. Let's get something very specific. That's going to do a specific job that we want it to do in your gut, not necessarily mine, but in your gut, then 
that's where people are going to see the most benefits from it instead of just taking something and, you know, hoping and praying for it. That is so cool. You know, how, how much information, like, I think it's just, it's, it's helpful when other people have done the research that have, that have gone through, through the work. And it's, it's, I think it's always fun to hear from someone who has lived it, that has done the reading that has, you know, gone through the trials and is actively living that life. You know, it's just, it's, it's fun to hear because it's not an area that I am super proficient in. Uh, I know exercise physiology to some extent, but you know, you can get very specific in these kinds of things. And so like gut microbiome is obvious is one that, you know, is I think a, a big, um, I don't know, craze right now, but it's something that everybody is talking about and how do you align and balance. And so I think it's really interesting. Yeah, because so many people with the way that our food is, they're having more gut issues now than ever before in the United States. And by the way, when we travel a lot, my husband's from Finland, my daughter lives in Spain going to college, um, but we travel a lot. Like we're getting ready to go to um, London and Finland um, next month, but the food quality there is so completely different. Like even 10 years ago, we went and I was so afraid to eat. We were in Italy and I was in Rome and I was terrified back then to eat uh, pizza because I knew between the dairy and the gluten, I'm like, oh, I'm going to hurt for days. We're on vacation. Like, I don't want to do this to myself. And Sami was like, no, babe, just trust me and just eat it. It's very different here. So I, I'm like, okay, let me see. I didn't have any issues. None. And now even like today, my daughter has better gut issue, a, a better gut health in living in Spain than she did here because the food here, unfortunately, and the standards here are very low and people have more gut issues, especially from, you know, whether it's he- heavy metals that are in our food, a lot of things that are synthetic and artificial in, in our foods, um, as well as the soil, the uh, pesticides and herbicides, uh, the GMO this fake, you know, genetically modified food, that all causes so much digestive issues. And then when people start with digestive issues, it literally leads to other health issues in their entire life. And it just is devastating for me because I'm like, okay, I got to help somebody with their gut because to me, that's the root of everything. Instead of just fixing a symptom like doctors, I believe there's a time and place for medicine, but doctors treat a symptom right? They'll give you a prescription for this symptom. And then they'll, then, then it causes some other symptom. And then you got to take another drug for, to combat that symptom. And then you end up knowing that you're on like six to eight medications for one thing that if we fix the gut will naturally reverse itself and heal itself. And then it changes uh, those symptoms. So it's, it's just crazy. Uh, honestly, the food quality here, it's just really sad. It's, it's sad. And we can only do our best because yes, we do know that to eat all organic or to eat that way all the time, it is a lot more expensive. We know, gosh, what the whole egg thing in itself is crazy. Uh, The egg cost of eggs right now is like $5 an egg, you know, but it's ridiculous. And whatever we can do, you know, I believe just taking those steps, eliminating the things that are overprocessed. Eliminate the things that you know are not healthy for you because that's really throwing that gut microbiome off. And then it's going to make your gut crave more of it. It's crazy. I don't know if you know this or not. I'll share a really cool um, thing. So sugar has the same exact effect on the brain as cocaine. Exactly. Okay. They've done scans and seen it. Did you know that cheese has the same effect on the brain as morphine? 
there's actually a chemical in cheese called glutamorphine that that gives your brain that same feeling, which is why cheese is one of the hardest things for people to quit eating. And it's one of the most unhealthy things. Um, yeah. But it is the hardest thing because your body is addicted to that, that feeling, that glutamorphine feeling, um, which is very similar to actual morphine. So it's really crazy. The stuff that's in our food, it's uh, like, it just blows my mind that that it's okay, but more so that people don't know and people don't realize, well, what can I do to be my own health advocate? You know, um, it, I mean, it's, it's sad, but whatever I can do to like help more people and educate more people, I'm very passionate about it. I, I'm sure you can tell, but I, I mean, I, I, I can obviously, I can relate, right. I think it's because there is so much information out there, I think it can get overwhelming for someone who is, you know, blue collar worker, they're working or like they're a nurse or they're, you know, they're working 12 hour days and they're coming home, they're tired. And then now they also have to worry about what they're getting at the grocery store. And it's like, Oh man, I don't know what to eat anymore. Mm -hmm. Everything, everything's wrong. Everything's bad for you. Um, Sometimes, you know, like sometimes cholesterol from eggs is terrible. Sometimes it's not terrible. And it's like, who do you trust? Who do you look towards? And so, I mean, I definitely get it. It is overwhelming. Even for someone who is in the industry, it's it's frustrating to hear even about like different fads or different uh, exercise plans. And it's like, it's it's if someone that does who who isn't educated in this specific field, they would probably feel as overwhelmed as I do if I'm talking to someone who's an electrical engineer or a computer scientist talking about C plus plus and you know Amazon Web Services, and I'm like, yeah, dude, sure, like <laughs> I don't know enough to to combat one way or the other, you know, and so I it's frustrating because I think that it's health simple health shouldn't be a luxury i understand that to some degree what like like peak wellness and peak performance uh can be and it can it, it can get expensive but just to have your basic needs of just good healthy nutrition shouldn't be where i'm paying extra money for my chicken where it's like four dollars a pound more and i'm trying to feed a family of four like that's it's a lot it's it's not easy and i, I just so I, I want to like how can i choose the right foods if for someone that may be listening that doesn't have that uh, that ability to to purchase the the organic like how can they figure it out in in a way that can be more simple and like trial by error we know you know like a fun fact i didn't know that you know glutamorphine was was you know why why it's so difficult to quit cheese it makes i think it also helps the individual whenever they're struggling to not just like blame themselves and say oh it's my fault that i can't quit sugar it's my fault that i that i can't i'm just not good enough and it's like no no, 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 no. The system isn't working for you. Okay. Yeah, like it's not designed to support you. So it's okay that it's hard, but just realize that it's hard and then make those like do your best to make those different selections. And over time, you're gonna you're gonna get better. It, it, and like, you know what? I don't really need the cheese anymore. Yeah, you like you don't. And you know, good on you. It may have taken you six months to finally like get to the point where you're not having it every single day or not having it at all. But you know what? You you got there. And so, you know, I think it's accessible. It's just making it known that all these things are out there and then like get it get some vitamins, get, you know, get, um, I think a common one is, um, what are they called? Moon or nightshade vegetables is another one. Like we kind of, I think we tend to stay, want to stay away from nightshades. Um, is from what I understand, you could definitely educate me if, if I'm wrong here. Um, uh, but is, is that true? I mean, that, that, that tends to be something I've heard. Um, so let me go back to nightshades real quick. 
So nightshades are not bad for you. It has to do with if you have a autoimmune issue like uh, Hashimoto's or something, we say stay away from nightshade vegetables. But um, no, like nightshades or mushrooms, you know how many different types of mushrooms there are and how many benefits that mushrooms have in our body. So I, I don't believe that. But if it's somebody that I'm coaching that has some type of autoimmune disease or issue or a thyroid issue, then I will pull nightshade vegetables just because it does. But for mo- for everybody else, not really. There's a thing and you can go look this up on Google, the dirty dozen. So those are the ones that you really want to make sure that you buy organic as much as possible. Those are the ones that are most uh, contaminated with pesticides, herbicides. Um, a lot of them are uh, GMO. So if you at least look at the dirty dozen list and and like for strawberries, for instance, uh, buy organic strawberries. Like there's ones that I would say, those are the 12. If you're going to buy them, buy organic. The rest of them buy if you can. And I, you know, it's very controversial, but it's really interesting how much more expensive something that is organic, no hormones added to like the chicken and stuff. They're not, you know, filled up with all of this saline and all of this stuff. It just goes to show you that there is a big part of our um, government that doesn't want you to be well. They, it supports sick care, not wellness. It supports the sick care and it just feeds that. Why? Because the big pharma and FDA, they're all tied in together. So there, you really just got to educate yourself and there's always new diets. I don't believe in diets. I really, the word makes me absolutely cringe because I don't believe in diet. I believe in what do I need to feed my body? Protein, fats, carbs, and carbs, I mean, uh, fruits and vegetables. Um, on my plate to balance my blood sugar, to keep my body like this in the blood sugar range instead of dropping really low, like intermittent fasting, or then you have a big meal, a cheat meal, which we don't even do. It's way up here and then it crashes and then your blood sugar is all over the place. It causes you to store fat, crave more. And it's just, we teach people how to, how to eat normally. And here's a good example. You didn't have a baby, but I had two. Um, I have two teenagers, but when babies are born, they nurse or they have formula, a bottle, about every three hours. That is how our bodies are designed to process protein, fats, and carbs in mother's milk, in formula, which is the closest thing to it. But we're designed to process protein, fats, and carbs every about three three hours. But somewhere along the line, we decide, no, that doesn't work. I'm going to stop eating in this time zone, and I'm going to start eating in only this window, and I'm only going to eat these things. And And really and truly, we focus on getting the body back to that reset, new foundation, just as when you were first born, processing those protein, fats, and carbs the right way. And that allows you to live with the food freedom. Again, we still have, you know, last week I went and had a big old juicy burger, makes my mouth water. I don't stay away from that stuff, but I know the rest of the time, and I don't even call that a cheat meal because cheat has a bad bad connotation. It's a negative a trigger word in your head, like, oh, I'm doing something bad. I'm cheating on my diet. No, you're not. You can have those things. We call them gratification meals, appreciation meals. Appreciate your body. Go reward yourself. But it has to do with our mindset too around food and how we look at it. But it's that 80-20 rule. Once you know what foods your body loves, keep eating those and cycle them in and out and then have the inflammatory foods, have the, the, the appreciation meal and the gratification meals, 
that's okay. But it's about what is the foundation of your daily life look like? What are you choosing? And just becoming more aware. Because I think no one in their life says, oh, I want to I wanna be sick and I want to be in a wheelchair when I'm older and I want to have arthritis and I want to have diabetes because you know what? I don't care about then. I'm only worried about right now. I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to eat all this crap food and I don't care what that's like. I don't know about anybody else, but most people are like, you know what? I want to be playing with my great grandkids when I'm 80 years old. I want to be traveling the world. I want to have such a good quality of life that, you know what, right now, I'm going to be aware of what I'm choosing to put in my body so that long later on in life that I don't have to worry about those things. And so it's just that awareness because so many people just, oh, I'm craving this, I'm craving this. But what you're doing is you're feeding that unhealthiness in the body and then that's where the disease starts. So it's really up to us to just become more aware of what should I be eating? What things are you know not good for me? And don't worry about a diet. If you're giving your body what it's meant to have and you're healing the gut, then your body is naturally a fat burning machine. We are born to be fat burning machines. It's just what you're putting in might slow it down or cause you to store more of it. What it's your choice. And it's just becoming like, I'm not a victim to this food jumping in my mouth. You know, I'm not a victim. It jumped in my mouth and I couldn't help myself. It's being taking responsibility like, no, I'm going to choose differently. I'm going to be 1% better today. What 1% choice, what choice can I make today that's 1% better than I was yesterday? And just being more aware and, and working through that and you know, working on the mindset around food, I was terrified of carbs for years. I mean, I literally was like, I can't have that, you know, and now to have a healthy relationship with food. And now I'm almost 49 years old. I feel healthier now than I ever have in my entire life because I've learned and I've had to heal my body. And I just love helping other people realize that there are choices and it starts with you. How often do you find that people are even as simple as just dehydrated? How, how often do you find that people just aren't consuming enough water? Oh my gosh, 70% or 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated. That, that, that <laughs> is a just mind-blowing number to me. And no, tea does not count as water. Coffee does not count as water. Sodas does not count as water. Like we're talking like hydrate yourself. Even if you got to go get some of those little stevia packets and make it flavored to drink more, drink more. But the minimum that we should be consuming, minimum is two liters a day. Most, I recommend three liters a day to everyone, but at the very minimum, there's some days that I get busy and I'm like, oh man, I only got in two liters today, but I'm also aware of it. And uh, there's so many people that they don't realize what dehydration does to their body. It's just crazy. I'm like, drink more, drink more water. Well, I drink this diet soda and I drink sweet tea. And I'm like, that's like my mother. Honestly, yeah. I go into this argument with my mom all the time, which is why I brought up the word tea. I'm like, mom, a pitcher of tea does not count. Sweet tea with like two cups of sugar in it in a pitcher does not count as water. Like, you know, you're so anyway. I'm, I'm from the South. And so <laughs> every, every single meal, everyone's having sweet tea. Like this is, this is black tea. So, yeah. you know, high caffeine, we're definitely, you know, it's, it's a diuretic. And so I'm, yeah. it's just, it's the sugar and then yes. uh, it's ridiculous. You know, it I, is. I, I hear. Where do you grow up? 
I, I grew up in South Texas around uh, – right by Mexico, so like 15 minutes north. Uh, the town is called Elsa, Texas. It's nearby McAllen or South Padre Island is probably like a more common place that people know. So yeah. like I, I learned a lot of this stuff because – or because I, I, I was kind of – I was forced to, right? I was I kind of um, – I wanted to compete at a, at a higher level. And part of that was eating healthy. And so like getting away from the flour tortillas and eating the, the corn tortilla, but everyone's like, people will look at you like, Oh, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why do you think you're trying to be healthy? And it's like, because, you know, maybe it's weird, but it's weird because it's just not common in this area, but it should be more common. Like we should be focused on drinking more water and less beer and less sweet tea and less tacos that are like on like you know that are that, that taste absolutely Amazing. delicious don't get me wrong but if if i want to be able to perform well then i need to make sure that all these other things are in place and like, like hydration being i went to during undergrad i remember there were several studies that i remember going over one of them said two percent of a decrease in in hydration can result in like a 20 to 40 percent decrease in performance mm-hmm. and for me mm-hmm. that was enough to be like this is not okay you know i, I gotta drink water and i slack for sure day to day there's days where i could have more but i'm at like if i'm working out or if i'm having an active lifestyle it's you know it's even more water than that and then you have to know okay am i am i a salty sweater and uh what is like do i need to ha- add some extra electrolytes to Definitely. my diet you know it's it's, yeah. it's huge yeah, it really is. It's so it's so key. And what how even having an electrolyte balance off really completely changes your body chemistry. And, and it sounds crazy. But one of the coaches that I had one of my uh, competitions, she had pulled a sodium away from me like weeks before. And my body literally went haywire, like my body literally um, short circuited is I guess the best way to put it because I didn't have that electrolyte balance. And back then I didn't know this was about 12 years ago. I didn't know what I didn't know then. And I realized like why that was so important. And I had to go through all that. I believe all of that stuff that I went through was necessary part of my story and my journey so that I can share and impact others' lives. And that's one of the things that I, I love so much. And I truly appreciate like being here and being able to share part of my story and and hopefully that it really helps educate and inspire and impact someone's life today. I think at this point, but we have six, 60% of our listeners are now are now female. And so I think that I think when it comes from someone who has lived that life, it, it kind of resonates a little bit closer to them. So I think, yeah, I think it ma- makes a pretty significant impact. We do have a pretty uh, a hard stop here. And so I just want to say again, thank you for coming in today. Uh, where can people find you? And yeah, we'll close that after that. I love it. And thank you so much for having me and any questions, please reach out to me. Like I, I don't charge for coaching. That's what's really beautiful. The way that we have our system set up, I don't. So reach out to me. I'm on Facebook or Instagram, Mandy White Escalin. Um, Mandy White was my maiden name and I got remarried and I took my husband's name. Um, but Mandy White Escalin on Instagram, on Facebook, I have lots of educational reels on my page. I love educating people about gut health, mental wellness, um, nutrition, that sort of thing, because I want people to be able to have one little nugget that they can take away a day. And hopefully that changes their life, but reach out to me. I'm happy to answer any question, connect with you, make recommendations. You know, I can give you that specific uh, food sensitivity test and even help you once you get that results back. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Mandy. And thank you all for tuning in. Cheers. Make sure you go share, like, subscribe, do the whole thing. Uh, Thank you.
Awesome. Okay. End Bye. of the recording. It's good to go. I'm just going to. Thank you for listening to the Ben Nevados podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. 